A Travis Etienne, if you look at his production in college, he was more productive in college than Trevor. The ACC's all-time leading rusher. Yardage. They're staggering what he did. Welcome to Jaguars Reporters, presented by TIAA Bank, with Brian Sexton, John Osher, Ashlyn Sullivan, and J.P. Shadrick. Jaguars Reporters, presented by TIAA Bank, starts right now. Welcome into the Jaguars Reporters Podcast. It's Monday, June 13th. J.P. Shadrick, Ashton Sullivan, John Osier, and Brian Sexton. Thanks for listening on Jaguars.com on the podcast tab on the homepage or on the official Jaguars Podcast Network. That's on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. John Osier loves feedback especially more than any of us, so leave a comment and a five-star rating. He feeds off it, in fact. I love comments. I love I love people, JP. You're a people person. Yeah, that's it's really what it is. I like uh, opinions. It's the first line on your resume. People <laughs> really person, people John person. Osier. You should get a job in HR. Yes, yes, I really should. They would enjoy me over there. <laughs> so, <laughs> we could so. get a lot done for sure. Hey, uh, Ashlyn, you were doing golf this weekend. You we saw on social was. media you're you're blowing up all over the place in the golf world. What's up? It was very cool. We were in Greenville, South Carolina, which was very cool because I started talking about my full time job with the Jaguars, and you're only a little bit away from Clemson University. Assume people would just ask me nonstop about Trevor Lawrence, but Travis Etienne was the biggest question mark, and so many people asked me how he's looking, and truthfully, you would think Clemson fans, because every single person there was a Clemson fan, might have forgotten about Travis Etienne with him not being on the football field all year. They are very curious how he's going to do this season. So I'm curious what you told him. I think he's looking like he's ready to go, and you see him out on the practice field every single day. We won't know till the pads get on. I think, Brian, what you bring up a lot of times is we won't know truly how he looks until every single day when he has to go back out there yeah. for a training camp practice. It's hard to say right now, but Can he go every day? There's no reason to not be optimistic at this point. Was he there today? I, I was there only there for a couple of minutes. I don't think I didn't he see was. LaVisca Chenault was the only veteran there that Truth. didn't have an injury okay. status. Yeah. Right. And and it's uh it, it's easy to forget because he didn't play uh here last year. Um at Travis Etienne, if if you look at his production in college, uh he was more productive in college than Trevor in terms of when you look at his well, The ACC's all-time leading rusher, it, yardage. And they're staggering plays. what he did. Yeah. Um, you know, there's still – is he going to be incredibly dynamic, quick enough to have that translate to the NFL? I don't know. But I think all you can say on Travis Etienne so far this offseason is so far so good. He has not been – they had, what, three – OTA weeks where he was here, mm-hmm. some off-season uh, work before that that he was 100% in, there's been no word of them backing him off. He's so a, that's about as good as you can expect right now. For right now. He's a mismatch guy. I mean, he's a guy that if – and you, they've got a world of offensive brain power over there working. If you get him on a safety or a linebacker, mm-hmm. yeah. especially if he's coming out of the backfield in motion and he's able to use, if he regains yeah. that speed and explosiveness. Will he be that guy off the injury? That's who knows? what we have to find out. And, yeah. and, and there's no way we'll know until maybe the regular season. Right. Yeah. Because you know that – don't, you don't know this, but you would expect that they'll get him plenty of reps, mm-hmm. but they'll probably also be cautious with him too. Yeah. And they won't show everything. So yeah, that's what I mean. That's, that's – uh, they're sneaky like that, JP. They, uh, they are when it comes to uh, preseason and uh, the training camp and all that coming up. You know, John, I, I know you're getting a lot of questions in the Ozone because I read it every day. Yes, you do. Loyally. You're the lucky ones. In fact. Um, <laughs> about 
this change in mandatory minicamp that Doug Peterson made. The veterans yeah. aren't around. Only one, Shalyn, as you said, is here in Chenault. Uh, one true vet that's not got some kind of a nagging issue. So, um, but the vets aren't here. They're getting a little extra time off. I have been encouraged since February 6th everything Doug Peterson says about the NFL. The fact that he understands that this is okay, the fact that he understood back in April that he didn't need the maximum time to get this team ready. Nothing he does is for show. Nothing he does is is because they're not working for the sake of working. They're not here for the sake of being here. Brian, he knows what offseason is. He knows what padded practices are worth. It is once he saw that these guys were prepared enough to be full speed in training camp, he said, that's what it's for. It, it's not for preparing for week three. Off-season is about making sure you're ready to work in training camp. Right. He's an NFL veteran, and to me, this shows it beyond anything he's done so far. Well, and, and I haven't asked him this, but I bet if you did, the minute he saw that they were playing in the Hall of Fame game, sure. he figured, I've got an extra week of practice mm-hmm. to get ready for that game. And then I've got that extra game to analyze. If these guys can give me what I need, and the key words there, what he needs as the head coach to see, um, I, I'd feel comfortable with it too. And, you and know, he knows they've got to be back a week early. You bet. That's it. So you don't want to wear them out now. No. I mean, it's it's you get so it's unbelievable. Much. It's 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 a great leverage bet on his part. He mm-hmm. get he lets them go a week early, so they come back ready to go. They appreciate what he's done for them. Yeah, you said it, John. He's a pro coach he knows how to balance having these guys healthy now and in november not having legs be dead tired because they did too much in july and august i i think i think it was a really smart move knowing he's got that extra week agreed and people forget that they started otas early because of the new head coach regime and if you look at that they technically i've already done this week on the football field they checked it off the list so yeah the uproar was unnecessary yeah, the voluntary mini camp as well for the veterans which that, they had great participation in yeah. and yeah. i think what schlin said is also key if they hadn't had great participation among the veterans you bet then they'd probably be here for those three days he wouldn't have seen what he needs the when pro you've coach. got almost 100 percent participation we've all seen mini camp practices you bet and we've all seen <laughs> unpadded work you bet frankly there's what 13 of them in a normal segment a 10 OTAs and three minicamps? Yes. If you're not getting what you need to get done in nine, eh. <laughs> minicamp isn't what it was once was. I mean, remember when they wore shells outside, mm-hmm. helmets and shoulder pads, and they were popping, you know? Yeah. And it was really physical. They backed that off. So it's not hard to see where he got enough done. And I, I, I really do think that veteran group is going to come back here energized because they know they've got a coach this year who they can count on. I would have let him go in April, JP. No, I'm sure you would have. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be the, the trend out of you. So even this week, though, has been shortened up. The guys that are here. Yeah. I mean, what were they on the field today? An hour? 35 minutes. Not even that? Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, very short, yeah. yeah. I th- it may have stretched to 40, but it wasn't more than that. I think right. they had about eight plays in team period, yeah. and the rest was all individual. And for people who are listening, this is a teaching time. This is not an evaluation time. Oh. Once they see that they are ready and have the knowledge to go work when it matters, that's what you're trying to get done. I had one ozone question this week. Well, this is a big reputational risk for Doug Peterson. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, he's got a ring. Yeah. His repu- I mean, so <laughs> Take his, his, ba- his bank account speaks of his reputation <laughs> yeah, as well. So what is he worried about? Go do the best. But best of all, he doesn't think that way. No. He doesn't oh. care. Yeah. 
what is uh, Bill from the West Side going to think about this? He knows what it takes to get a team ready. Um, JP, if you just look, if you go back in your memory to what we saw the very first day of rookie minicamp here, what was that, the first week of May, six weeks ago maybe, to today, which was almost exclusively rookies, there were some young veterans that were mixed in there as well. Um, completely different. You didn't have the guys going, what do I do? Where, where am I? What's this drill all about? I mean, they were efficient in 40 minutes and got things done. So you, you mentioned teaching time. They made the most of the time right. on the field. They have made the most of the last six weeks, which is why Doug feels ready to let him go. Yeah, and I mean, of the rookies that we've had a chance to visit with and meet uh, as a group, you know, individually, they're the type that go out and work. Yep. They're not going to sit around and mess around and waste time, actually. Yeah, no, and I'm sure in their best interest, they want to get out of here, too. They are ready to take a break as well. So everyone's getting off the football field a little early, and that's okay. The Jaguars are future-focused and ready for a new look in 2022. Join us at the bank this season. Prow passes are available now. Lock in your seats at jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. The Miller Electric Center unveiled. More after this. Welcome back to the Jaguars Reporters Podcast. The Daily's play schedule heating up for the summer now. June 17th, it's Cheer Live. June 18th, it's the Jacksonville Juneteenth Celebration. June 24th, Tedeschi Trucks Band with Los Lobos. June 26th, train tickets and information at dailiesplace.com. John, I understand you went to the Black Crows this weekend. I did. Good show. I mean, they're a, they are what they are. They're a good Southern rock and roll band. And they were bad on Saturday. Did you shake your moneymaker? Well, no more so than usual. Brian. I'm scared yeah. of that. <laughs> Early, yeah. What year was that? Ninety-three. Uh, I, I want to say ninety-one, ninety-two yeah. in, that. in that range. So yes, I shook my moneymaker. Figured you did. God. Well done. Great. Are I was not there to see it. Are we done yet? Thank goodness. Look, we're moving <laughs> I think along. It was How about live? Was it streamed? <laughs> really? Oh, gosh, on demand. Um, so the Miller Electric Center unveiled today at a press conference just outside. Jaguars owner Shad Khan, GM Trent Baalke, head coach Doug Peterson. Miller Electric CEO Henry Brown, Jacksonville Mayor Lenny Curry, and City Council President Sam Newby were all on the dais. We heard from a few of those folks, and it's a 10-year deal, Brian. It's important. That's a big thing it's for important. this thing's going to open uh, for training camp next year. Uh, it, Jaguars fans don't have the luxury of just ignoring the business side of it. Being in the smallest market means you have to pay attention to this. Rams fans and Giants fans and Cowboys fans, they never have to worry about the business, but we, we're always looking at it. So... The Rams between SoFi Stadium and the uh, United Airlines Plaza make $40 million a year in naming rights. Add in Daly's place to TIAA Bank, we make five, right? That's one-eighth. And there's really not a lot of opportunity to recapture, to catch up because of market size. Well, then here comes Miller Electric with a 10-year deal. I don't know what the numbers are, but it's probably a very significant infusion of cash good for the Jaguars. It's a new revenue stream. It's something that this team needs to be able to compete with those other marketplaces. And it is cool uh, that it's a local company mm-hmm. yeah. that works well for what they're trying to do in terms of you always would rather have a strong local company uh, help it grow. It gives Miller Electric uh, visibility. Yeah. Um, you know, it's cool. I, I know fans who listen to this uh, – there's a limit to how much we can say about it in sure. terms of insight, but it is very important, as Brian said. It's key in the local revenue equation and in terms of keeping this franchise solvent and healthy going forward. Well, and not to make this 
too in-depth, but the local revenue, the teams get to keep a higher percentage of their local revenue as opposed to the ticketing revenue as opposed to the national. So when you get to keep more of that bucket of cash, which is where the naming rights come from, it's important to keep filling that bucket. Mm-hmm. And the Jaguars just don't have as many revenue streams. I did, to your point real quick, Miller Electric, those trailers that are out there right now, that's right where the trailers you were called, John, mm-hmm. were back in 94 when they were building the stadium. So we saw Miller Electric then, we see Miller Electric now, and Henry Brown, their president, made a good point. They've been here in the building and a part of this franchise since the beginning. So for me personally, I really enjoyed the fact that they put their name on yeah. the building. And I'm the only one on here that was here 87, 88, 89. I, I, I sat in this stadium for preseason games, Falcons right. and somebody. Uh, it's always cool to me when I see infrastructure around the stadium that shows me that this is going to be here after I hang them up. Yeah. Well, so. it's, it's exciting because we all remember 10 years ago when, when Sean and Mark first got here and they were, you know, talking local revenue, local revenue. Well, they've created it, right? Miller Electric, Daly's Place, uh, what they're about to start here on the river with the, uh, the Four Seasons Hotel and eventually the shipyards. You know, they've gone out and done, John, what they said mm-hmm. they were going to do, mm-hmm. Ashland and J.P., and Which at first was met with a lot of skepticism. A lot of for skepticism. Sure. So good for them. And people don't always have that long-term vision and stay focused on the story. So we're bringing it back to the fact that the Jaguars' foundation in Jacksonville is growing more and more solid by the years, even if you don't see the buildings vertical yet. Mm-hmm. And th- that's coming. It's coming quick. Yeah. yeah. And it just with the naming rights, it just makes it feel even more real. And, and we know it's real because we see it in the parking lot every day, how quickly this football facility is going up. Truthfully, every single week. I notice a difference. But now with the naming rights, it just it just shows the commitment and there's been so much skepticism. For this to happen is truly finale that this is going to be built and the football team will be in it. By the time the fans are here in the stadium this fall, there will be a lot more structure out yeah. there and they'll be able to watch it go step by step. Week to week as they come back for games, I think it'll be fun for them to see how it's going. No doubt about that. Hey, and uh, Mark Lamping spoke after the press conference today to a big media scrum. He will speak to you guys on drive time tomorrow, right? He will, yes. To it. Absolutely. What time is that? 10 a.m. He'll be on uh, 10, 12, 10, 15. He'll be on at 10, 15. Yes. Very nice. So tune in, jaguars.com, the Jaguars social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. John, who you got on the podcast this week? Uh, It is scheduled to be Trayvon Walker, so that'll be... All right. Yeah. He's the number one pick, you know. He's the number one... Yes. He's a big guy. I might... uh, don't say anything. Challenge make him, him to mad. a. No, I might try to outdo him in some physical tasks. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Feats of strength. Right. Feats of strength. Arm wrestle. Right. So, <laughs> I think it, his arm is as long as your leg. Yeah, he's. Uh, he doesn't know what's going to hit him yeah. on Wednesday. <laughs> And of course, we'll have the uh, Huddle Up podcast Wednesday. Bucky Brooks with us. And then Thursday, uh, happy hour on Jaguars Radio on 1010XL AM. Shaq Griffin scheduled to join us then. It's our last week of shows. Yeah. We're shutting her down after this week, Schlin. I'm going to miss you guys. Not you really. Too. You know what? You too. <laughs> I'll miss you as well. Um, that'll do it for our show today. Our thanks to Joe Fortunato. The sarcasm that's come out of you. You're what, 27? <laughs> I'm just I mean, saying. She's learned from rubbed off on her. We all a, need a she's break. She's a golf person now. Yeah, I'm a golf gal. That's what happens. I wear polos. Yeah. Very proper. Did you have a did you, did you have like a sponsor on your shirt and were you were you uh, you know matched up? No, and, should I ask for that next time? Well, Shake your moneymaker, right? Jeez. Oh, I don't want to be anything can. like John with that sense. <laughs> uh-huh. Look for it on Twitter. <laughs> oh, boy. 
We'll let you all run with this one. That's Brian Sexton. That's John Ozier. That's Ashlyn Sullivan. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next time. It's Jaguars Reporters.